Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. Okay. Well, welcome. Off to a good start. God is good. All the, all the time, all the time. God is good. Well, let me just say an opening prayer here over the word. If you have an offering envelope tonight, <clears throat> you can just take it and put it in that box in the back to the left of the door there as you, as you exit. I want to pray over the offering tonight and just pray over this time uh, in the word. Father, we just come to you tonight. We thank you for what you're doing. Oh, Father, we thank you. You are moving mightily in our lives. Lord, we thank you that as we worship you, and as we seek you in your kingdom, in your righteousness, your word says that all these things will be added unto us. All these things. In the previous scriptures, it meant everything about life, everything we're concerned about, everything we're worried about, everything that we're bringing to you tonight and tomorrow, all these things shall be taken care of. So we thank you for that tonight. You are taking care of each and every need in our life. And Lord, I just pray for each one of us who is struggling a bit that what we're praying for has not manifested in front of us yet. Father, that you would continue to strengthen us, encourage us, and that we'd be reminded that you are at work. You are making a way. You are taking care of things. And that tonight we do not have to take that into our own hands, but it's in your hands. Let us not take it into our own hands and do do what we think we need to go do. But Father, we will wait on you. We will wait for your perfect timing. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, turn with me to 1 John chapter 2. We've been kind of walking through <clears throat> the, the book of 1 John. We got through chapter 1. We started a little bit in uh, chapter 2 last week. I'm going to back up just to verse 5 and start there this evening. It says in verse 5, But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. And by this we know that we are in him. Whoever keeps his word. And so we talked about last week, keeping his word and keeping his commands. And what did that mean? What were the commands? And when you go and you look through the Bible and you do the Google search, you find that Jesus gave anywhere between 39 and 48 commands. And you sit there and you say, I can't do all those. I can't be perfect in each and every one of those. How am I going to be perfect? But what we're saying here is that the blood of Jesus has covered everything. Every mistake that we've made, the blood of Jesus 
covers it all. And if we can turn our hearts and our minds to the two commandments, the two greatest commandments that he has given us, and that's to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, our soul, our strength, our mind, every part of our being. If we can do that, and if we can love our neighbor as ourself, if we can just keep focused on those two commands, that I truly believe that the rest of those 38, 39, 48 commands, they almost begin to fall in place because what happens is our eyes are taken off of ourselves. When we worship the Lord and we put our eyes on him and we put our eyes on others, we're not looking at ourselves anymore. And when our attention turns towards others and our attention turns towards God's, all these things become added on to us. We no longer have to worry about, have I met every command? Yes, there are commands we need to go do. He tells us to go witness, go make disciples. But those things begin to come naturally after we do the two commands that Jesus said were the top two. I like the tie. I watch SportsCenter. I don't watch it as much anymore. But it was like, you know, they have the top ten plays of the day. And you always wait for that number one and that number two. Because you know it was probably really close. Which play was better, number two or number one? But in God's plan, he always has them in the right order. And so we start thinking about all these other commands. We don't have to worry about those. We have to worry about number one and number two first and foremost. It's like the ESPN top plays, man. Number one and number two. We don't have to remember all ten. We've got to remember number one and number two. So it says, he who keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. What does it mean to be perfected? In James uh, chapter 1, verse 2, I don't think I have this up here tonight. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So it's like, wait a second. For me to be perfected in the Lord, that means I have to go through trials. Oh, really? Like, why do some of these scriptures exist? You know, because it's the reality. But we say, oh my goodness, we, this is what this is saying. We need to be perfected means I have to wait. I have to wait. I have to go through trials. No wonder why it's hard. This is difficult stuff. This is a journey. They say that a, a diamond's created, I believe, when there's pressure on a piece of coal or something like that, when there's tons and tons and tons, literally metric tons of pressure on something, a diamond is created. And the Lord is telling us here the same method for us. When there is pressure on us, there's pressure on us as a vessel. We are being perfected. We are being perfected. So that pressure, although it's so difficult when you're going through, if we can keep our eyes on the fact that it's creating a diamond on the inside of us. The, the trials, the pressure that you're feeling, the challenges in our health sometimes, it is creating pressure on us. Because what the Lord knows is down the road, there may be additional pressure that's coming and he wants to prepare you for that. The bigger the calling as you call on your life and it goes on and on, the bigger your calling actually gets. 
It does, it, I don't think the Lord ever says, well, because you're doing this, then you're doing this, then you're doing this. Like this job somehow is different than this job. I believe that our calling is continually growing. Our con- calling is continually growing. Oh, well, I'm retired. My calling must be over. No, 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 no. Retired? What, what do you mean retired? Like go find in the Bible where it says go retire. No, you may retire from a job. You may retire from your profession, but God's calling is not profession-based. God's calling is who is in front of you. His calling is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Guess what? Until the day you die, you have a neighbor. Your calling is progressively getting bigger and bigger. And so that pressure that's putting on us is creating a diamond on the inside. And so if we can look at the trials that we're going through is that they are perfecting us, it can change our perception on the trial that's going on around us. It says to be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Oh my goodness. Could we actually go through life lacking nothing? What does it mean though? But there's the pressure we have to endure and as we go through that pressure, it creates the diamond inside of us. We then begin to walk through life and we have the faith that we need doesn't mean that magically every bill is paid right away. But what happens is when we're perfected, it means we're perfected on the inside. And fruit begins to grow on the inside. And that diamond, as it begins to grow, the fruit of joy, peace, patience, these are the things we need for life. These are the actual things we need for life. The world says we need all the money and the things, but sure, we need those things in order to survive. But we are so blessed. Think of what we have in relation to 99% of the rest of the world. We are rich. We are rich. We are blessed and highly favored. And what he's saying here is this not about money. This is complete, lacking nothing in a, of a spiritual maturity. And I said on Sunday, man, how many of you want to be more like Jesus? You know, it's just like, be careful before you raise your hand. Because it's like, that means, look at what Jesus had to go through as he was being perfected. Like, oh my goodness, like this is a big deal, going through these things. In verse 6 it says, so what do we do? This is great, so we're going to be perfected through these trials. What is it? He says in verse 6, he who says he abides in him, abides in him, ought to himself also to walk just as he walked. What does abide mean? It means to act in accordance with, to follow, to keep to, to hold to. If we could hold on to Jesus and what he's done for us all throughout the day. When someone cuts you off in traffic, if we could only be abiding in Jesus. When we hit our finger with the hammer. You know, I mean, these things, well, we face life and it's difficult. And these are silly things, but we face a difficult life. But if we abide in him, we can walk as Jesus walked. What does it mean to walk as Jesus walked? What does that mean to us? He had walked in a sinless life, but what his life was was focused on others and not himself. It was a life focused on others, not himself. You say, Pastor Jason, this is impossible. With God, it is possible. On your own, it is impossible. On our own accord, with an untransformed mind, all we see, all we think about is ourselves. 
And the more we press into God, the more we begin to think of others and of Him and of what He's done, the more we can walk like Jesus walked. So how do we do this? You know, Jesus was filled without measure of the Holy Spirit. We need to walk in our lives obedient to the Holy Spirit. Each day you wake up and it doesn't tell you exactly what you go need to do. It doesn't say go brush your teeth, get out of bed, go make some meals, go eat, go to work. It, I mean, we need to be led by the Holy Spirit and what he has for us in each and every day. We need to check in with him. What does he want us to go do? And you know what? We need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. We need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the ability to speak in other tongues because the power that flows through that, the edification in our own lives, when you don't know what to do, when you don't know what to say, when we pray in our spirit language, it is exactly what we are to be praying. Exactly what to be praying. And so often we go around and I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do. But when you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit on you, you know exactly what to pray because you pray in the Spirit. This is how Jesus walked. It also means we need to be an example. And we need to walk as Jesus walked. And what did Jesus do when he walked around? He healed the sick. He cast out demons. He raised the dead. I mean, look at what Jesus did when he walked around. So the Bible verse is telling us here that we ought to walk as he walked. Wait a second. But my job when I go to work is not healing the sick. Yes, it is. This is what he wants us to go do everywhere that we go. Everywhere that we're at, we need to have an attitude and atmosphere of what did Jesus do? He was anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. He was anointed to help the brokenhearted. This is what he was anointed to go do. And we too can have that same anointing. Verse 7 says, Brethren, I write no new command to you, but an old command which you have had from the beginning. The old command is the word which you heard from the beginning. Verse 8, again, a new command I write to you. Which thing is true in him and in you? Because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. The true light is already shining. When we are walking as Jesus walked, we are a light to this world. It is as simple as that. We are a light to this world. I was reading somewhere recently where Smith Wigglesworth, as he was filled with the Holy Spirit so much, he would go in on a train and people would sit around him and they would be convicted of the sin in their life. Convicted of their sin in their life. They would start sharing with him and they would become, they would become saved, born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, just like that, because he walked around with such a presence of God on him. And you read, it's like, well, how did he do that? Is he spent time in the Word? He spent time praying. He was con- they said that he would, after dinner, he would, they, people would go off to have conversations, and he would read the Bible and pray. He was constantly in God's Word. So we want to walk around with that type of power in our life. To be able to walk through that, we have to live like Jesus did. Jesus grew in, in wisdom and in stature. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature. And in the wisdom, it was the wisdom of the Word. That he grew in. Yes, he grew in stature physically, but he grew in wisdom of the word and what God had in store. Verse 9. And he who says he is in the light 
and hates his brother, uh uh-oh, is in darkness until now. He who hates his brother. And interesting here, the, the translation of brother in this case is a fellow believer. And how sad it is, church, that so many, I mean, you go, you go listen to a message or a sermon on YouTube, and then you go start looking at the comments. Oh, the hate that is being spewed out by other Christians. And the Bible is clear. If we are doing that, we are walking in darkness. The Bible says right here, we are walking in darkness. We need to walk in the light like Jesus walked in the light. The Bible says, how will the world know this? In John 13, 35, it says, by this all men, meaning the world will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That means brother to brother. You see, the world is looking at the church and they're just like, you guys can't even agree on anything. You guys are just fighting all the time. Why would I want to be a part of that? Why would you want to be a part of that? I get that we can have theological debates, but we can do them in a way that doesn't cause division, that doesn't spew hatred at people. I don't understand why we do this as a church. We're hurting ourselves. We're actually not being a representation of Jesus to the world. There are feuds happening all the time, and it's very, very sad, actually. What does it mean to hate? The word that says that if he hates his brother, to feel intense or passionate dislike. This is saying that people, and we, this is true, that Christians will walk around with an intense and a passionate dislike for a fellow Christian. And the world is looking at that saying, what are you doing? And we as a church, we as this church, this body, have to be above that. We cannot walk in that. We have to be so careful. Facebook, oh my goodness, social media, all these things you read and you see. I would just encourage you, as you post things, post them in love. Post them in love. There are different opinions, and I get there are different opinions. But if we post them in love, if, we, if the Bible says, give the truth in love. And when we do it in love, the truth is able to be heard and seen. When we, do, when we give them the truth and hate, and we give them the truth and we try to bang it over their heads, and this is the way, they don't even hear the truth. They don't even see it. You're wasting your time. We're wasting our time. It's the truth in love. Love your neighbor. Verse 10 says this. It says, he who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. So he who loves his brother abides in his life. So if you, if you hate your brother, which is the next verse, if you hate a brother, you're in darkness and you're walking in darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Are you serious? We want to know where we're going. We want to know the calling God has in our life. <clears throat> when we stand in hate of our brother, have a sip of water. We walk in darkness. We're walking in darkness. It's like walking around the room in the darkness. We can't see where God has this plan for us to go. The vision he has for our life, it becomes dark. So we want to understand if there's people in our lives that we're struggling with, I would suggest that we pray for them. Pray for them. 
Ask the Lord to turn your heart towards them. And the Lord will begin to illuminate the room that you're in. The vision that he has for you. It says it right there. He who loves his brother abides in the light. And there's no stumbling. Some people are tired of stumbling around because we're walking in the dark. We have to walk in love towards each other. This is like a, it's like a sporting event up here. <clears throat> Walking around, running around, it's like on the top ten. So just go with me for a minute to uh, Mark 11. And again, I don't have this on, on the overhead, but I think it's important that we just park here just for a few minutes, Mark eleven twenty two. Because we want to see mountains move. We want to see mountains move. And this is a prayer night, a worship and prayer night. We're going to spend a couple, time, a couple of minutes here and we're going to start praying again. Just for a few minutes, we're going to start praying. But if we're standing and we need to forgive somebody, we have to do that if we want to see the mountain-moving miracles in our life. So, so Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. If we believe... Therefore, I say to you that whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you will receive them and you will have them. So tonight when we pray, I want you to believe tonight that you will receive what you are asking of God for tonight. If you are asking for something that is in alignment with God's word, you will receive it. It's a bold statement, church, but it is what the word of God says I think too often we walk around and we're afraid to say some of these bold statements. But if we walk in faith and we truly believe what the the word is saying, never say, whatever things you ask for when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. However, verse 25, but whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. But if you forgive Neither will your Father in heaven. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. The Bible's telling us here is tonight when we stand and we begin to pray and we want to see mountains moving, we have to forgive those who need to be forgiven in our life. Those who've done things to wrong us, I get it, it's painful, it's hurtful, but we need to forgive those. It's a block that we need to remove that when we're standing and praying, Whatever things we ask for when we pray, believe that we receive them and we'll have them. So let's pray tonight. Stand with me or actually, yeah, stand with me for a little bit. We're going to pray. We're going to put on some music. We're going to dim the lights down a little bit. We're just going to spend a few more minutes of time in prayer before we close. We're probably going to close with a worship song tonight, Corey. If uh, In a couple minutes, we'll close in that song. So Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight. We enter into this time of prayer. We thank you for who you are. Father, just continue to minister to us tonight. Father, if there's anyone at all that we need to forgive, Father, we do that tonight. And Lord, we ask you, we bring these prayer requests that are on this table. 
from Sunday. We bring these before you. We thank you that your word says that whoever says to this mountain be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in their heart but believes those things that he says it will be done. And we thank you, Father, that these things are done in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, there is power in the name of Jesus. We just pray for every family represented here tonight. Every family represented here tonight. We thank you for them tonight. Father, minister to the families tonight. Minister to relationships tonight. Father, I've had on my heart that we need want to pray for moms tonight. Let's just spend a moment and just pray for moms tonight. Just be in agreement with me. Heavenly Father, we just lift up every mom in this church, every mom that is here tonight. Father, strengthen them, encourage them. Father, as they seek you with their whole heart, encourage them in the day-to-day grind that they have. Father, we worship you tonight. We thank you for moms. We thank you for their hearts, for their love, for their faithfulness. Father, we thank you for their healing touch, your healing touch on their lives. And Father, as they administer, as a mom, as a nurse, a doctor, a cook, all these different things that they do, Father, as they minister to their children, as they minister to others, as they put others before themselves, Father, encourage them, lift them up, strengthen them tonight. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We worship you tonight. We worship you tonight. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Praise your name tonight. Father, you are so good. Father, we thank you for miracles. Father, we thank you for miracle working power. We thank you, Father, that a dunamis power, a miracle working power to save and to heal is resonating on the inside of us through your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, when we speak your word, that dunamis power goes along with it. And as we speak your word, that chains are broken, lives are changed. And Father, I pray tonight that we would watch carefully the words that we say. Father, I pray, I pray tonight that we would watch carefully the words that we write. And that, Father, everything that we do, that we do it in love. We thank you for it. We thank you for it tonight. Church, let's just spend one, one, or, one or two minutes here. If you guys just want to put on that playlist for me tonight. We're just going to spend a minute or two praying, and then we'll end in a song tonight.
as we go into this last song tonight. I believe it's called This Is How I Fight My Battles. That this would be our anthem song as we leave tonight. That our battles are, are fought by you and your goodness and your faithfulness. And we just come alongside you on this journey of life. And we thank you, Father, for provision and for harvest. We thank you, Father, that you are for us and not against us. We thank you, Lord, that we are more than conquerors because of you. We thank you, Lord, that all things are possible because of you. We thank you, Lord, that we are the righteousness of Christ. We thank you, Lord, that we are new creations. We thank you, Father, that our mind can be transformed and renewed because of you. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. And we worship you tonight. In Jesus' name. Each time that we enter into his presence here in this place, I mean, the word of the Lord just comes upon me so strong over and over. And it's always a word of encouragement for you, for the people who come to partake of his presence. And it's always encouragement. Always. It might be an encouragement to get reflective. It might be an encouragement to take a good look, a hard look. But it's always with love. It's always with him standing there and saying, I am with you. I am with you now. And I am with you till the end of the age. There's nothing you can do that will separate me. And over and over, there are certain words that come and they repeat. And when God repeats himself, I just pay attention. Your victory will be your praise. Your victory is in your praise. Your victory is in your praise. So how do we fight the battle? Which is all the time. All the time. There's always a battle to fight. Our victory is in our praise. And hope, hope is the nourishment of the word. If you're low on hope, you need to feast on the promises of God. Feast on the promises of God and hope will rise. Feast on the promises of God and hope will rise. And you know that you've gotten to a good place of hope when you feel a little nervous that you're believing for too much. When you feel like, I think that might be, that's a little much. You're just right, perfect. You're just right, perfect, where you ought to be believing, where it's only God can come through. Only God could make this happen, can fulfill these promises. Let hope arise as you feast upon the promises of God. And let your praise bring forth your victory. This is how we fight. This is how we fight. So I'm just going to close this out in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are faithful and you are good. In that every time we come to this place and every time we call your name, you meet us 
and you pour out your presence and your power. And we stand in awe. We partake. We receive, Father, all that you have for us, Father. And we just pour out our praise and our thanks to you. Father, I ask that as we go from this place, Father, I thank you that you go before us. You make the way for us. Father, we love you. We love you. And we thank you and we praise you. We receive all that you all that you are, all that you've done. We thank you. We praise you. We give you all the honor. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.